Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below the video online at fellowshipgj.com or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Let's stand to our feet as we prepare for worship. I would just like to speak to our Heavenly Father. So let's pray. God, we just love you so much. And we need you. And so we just invite you into this place this morning. We yield our hearts to you. We turn our eyes to you. And we just want to give you all of the glory in this place this morning. So we just love you so much. And we say this in Jesus' name. Amen.
child of God in this house? Are you a child of God in this house?
singing this song, Let the Heavens Open. And Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, he said, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I wonder, what is it we're praying, right? Because if we're saying we want heaven to open and we want God's kingdom here on earth, what does that mean? Because I think it could be very simple and very simplistic for us to just say, I want the heavens to open so that I can be blessed so that I could have more, so I, I want more stuff, right? That, that's a simplistic way to look at it, but, but what are we saying when we want the heavens to open for our lives? Well, his kingdom in heaven it, it, it is everyone lined up perfectly into the will of the Father. That, what that means is, is that you're living life the very best way you can because you're living life the way he created you and designed you to live it. And can you just imagine with me for a moment, because I don't know if you have the same problem I do. Same problem I do is I have to sing songs like this and pray prayers like this to remind myself because most of the time we live by the kingdom of Dan and Dan's life. Most of the time it's like, yeah, I know what God says about that. I know what he wants, but I think I'm just gonna do it my way. I feel this impression to pray over this person, to, to forgive this person, but I don't wanna, I just rather hold on to that for a little bit. And we live in, in such frustration. We live so many times in such anxiety. Why? Because we're living by our kingdom. We're living by the kingdom of what we see on TV. We're living by the mandates of what's put around us. We're living by all these different things. So what are we praying? Are we praying, God, just bless me and give me more? No, we're praying to a deeper level by my spirit, by my soul, by my body, that God, I would be in alignment with you. That the way things are done in heaven, that's the way I want them done in my life. So I just wanna ask you right now to be honest. If, if you're someone who says, I need to be aligned, with the will of God today. I just want to pray over you. Put your hands up and let's make this declaration. God, we come before you and we repent. We, we turn away from, well, first we, we apologize. We apologize for all the times that we have lived our lives by our wants, by what feels right to me, by what I want to hold on to, by all that junk, God, and it's gotten us to where we are. And God, for so many of us, we are just sick and tired of where we are. So God, forgive us for that. We repent from that. Repent means turn. So God, I'm turning away from that. And what I'm doing right now is I'm asking God, would you help line me up with the way that you do things? Line me up with the way you want me to live, the way you want me to love, the way you want me to forgive, the way you want me to move. Big or small, God, I want to do it your way because I want to feel your presence in my everyday life. I want it to be like it is in heaven, right here in my house, right here in my family, right here in our church, and right here in my own personal soul, God. I want to feel you. 
So God, that's what we pray for. We pray for the heavens to open and for you to guide us, for you to touch us, for you to hold on to us, for you to rescue us. We thank you, God, for your love, and we we just bring this before you in your precious and powerful son, Jesus' name, that you would meet with us today, that you would speak to us today. You deserve all the glory and all the honor, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Let's give him a shout of praise today. He's good. He is so good, so good. Well, we're going to go ahead and ask you to be seated, but before you're seated, show yourself friendly to someone around you. Tell them, man, you're looking good today. Even if it's not true, just be friendly, right? For those of you joining with us online, thank you so much for taking the time to watch with us. We would love to know if you're visiting with us, so just like type into the chat where you're watching from, um, uh, type that you're, you're getting connected, that you're a visitor. We can, if you type anything like that, one of our staff will contact you. Um, uh, we would love to be able to reach out to you and talk to you more. In fact, that goes for everybody in this room. If you are a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship Church, and in fact, I've, I've met a lot of people who've come to our church for years and years and years, and you still, like, you still consider yourself a guest. guest. Well, th- th- there's an easy step past that, and that's just come and talk to us and, and tell us that you, you're a guest, and we can get you connected and, and t- get, take you to a guest reception and show you different ways that you can get involved in classes and small groups and different areas where you can use your gifts and minister. So uh, if you are visiting with us today, thank you for being here with us. But even if it's been a while, stop by the information booth and, and, and fill out a guest registration card. Like I said a moment ago, if you're watching online, type into the chat that you're a guest, that, that, that maybe this is one of your first times. You can text the word fellowship to 94000. We can get in contact with you that way. Uh, it, it, we would just love the opportunity to get to meet you and help you just kind of fold right into the family here at Fellowship Church. So we are so glad that you're here with us today. Now this is the time in our service where we're going to continue worshiping our God with giving him our tithes and offerings. And uh, we do hope that you've come ready to give. But I want to, as we put on the side screens, the different ways to give. There's so many different ways. Easiest way is the app. You can give uh, online through Fellowship GJ. If you have brought your offering with us today, we have drop boxes in the lobby. You can also also text it in. But while you're getting ready, I just want to pause for a moment and thank you for how generous of a church you are. I, I thank you for the fact that you have allowed God to move in you in a way where you're trusting him with your finances. You're trusting him with that first tenth like he tells us to. But, but I know so many of you, and I know so many of you that, that, that you're not just trusting him with that first tenth, but you've taken steps beyond that. Because he said that this is just like the kindergarten level, the, 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 the easy test to see like where is your heart? Is your heart after the world? Is your heart after material things? Or is your heart after me? Because if it's after me, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of everything else. He, he tells us that in scripture, but then beyond that, he tells us to be generous, to, to give more than that. And that, that's what the Bible talks about with being offerings. And we think that makes no sense. How am I going to be blessed by, by giving away more? And the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 9, the generous will themselves be blessed. And that's the thing about God is God will always tell you to do something that makes no sense in our physical minds. Because it makes no sense if I give away more 
What that means is I'm going to be blessed more. We think, no, I'll be blessed more when I save up more into my retirement account and I save up more into my, my savings. And it's important that we save. Don't get me wrong on that. But, but why is he asking us to do that? Because it's a step of faith. The Bible says that it's impossible to please God without faith. What is faith? To break it down to the simplest form, it's just believing what God says. So if he said it, I'm gonna believe it. And, and that's my prayer for each and every person in this room. If, if God said it, then you believe it. You live your life that way, and that is how you are blessed. So as you're getting ready to give, I want to pray over you today, this generous church, that you would be blessed uh, beyond what you could ever imagine, not just financially, but blessed spiritually, emotionally, physically, that his blessings would just pour out on you. So let me pray right now. If you need a blessing, put your hand in the air as we pray. God, you know our needs. You know what what our finances are, you know what our health is, you know where our emotions are, you know where our stress is, and we just pray that you would bless God as we put you first and we trust in you. I pray that you would bless us, God. So thank you for your love. Thank you for this opportunity to be blessed. And I pray that you watch over us all today. I pray that you would speak to us, that you'd open our minds, open our ears to hear you, open our eyes to see that, God, as we get into your word, we want to know and understand what you want to speak to us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. We have some uh, really important uh, announcements. So take a look at this video and you can watch uh, what we've got going on in the weeks to come here at Fellowship Church. Tonight is our church-wide worship night. We are really excited to encounter the presence of God through an entire worship service. That service is gonna start at six o'clock. Doors will open at 5.45. It's gonna be a great way to just celebrate and honor God's glorious name as a church family. There's no tickets and there's no cost, so show up and worship with us. It is not too late to sign up for the Three Kings Bible Study. This is Pastor Tim's brand new curriculum on the life of Saul, David, and Solomon. Last week, we had a great session. So if this is something you want to still be a part of, you can sign up on the Church Center app. It's going to be $18 for the study guide, and we're broadcasting this live as well as hosting it in person. Wednesday is going to be session two. 7 p.m. is when the live broadcast will start. Doors will open if you're going to be there in person around 6.30. We hope to see you there. ShareFest 2021 is going to be held next weekend. That's April 24th and 25th. Now, there's still 18 projects that we just need a couple volunteers on each project for uh, to be able to complete them and get these needs taken care of. Now, all of the needs are outdoors at homes and residences of people that wouldn't be able to complete those projects on their own. So if you're willing to help us out with yard work or window washing or little things like that, check out in the west end of the lobby the gray boards today. For those of you that have been waiting for Rooted to start up again, it's going to start on May 16th. That's a Sunday morning. It runs from 9 a.m. It's a great way to connect into a life group of people the same age and stage of life as well as go through a discipleship curriculum. That's $20 and you can sign up on the Church Center app today. Something we're really looking forward to here as a staff is our first annual men's retreat. I wanted to get the save the date out there so you can mark it on your calendars. It's going to be Father's Day weekend. It's going to be a Thursday 
Friday evening, all day Friday, and then Saturday. And that's June 17th, 18th, and 19th. So mark your calendars and watch the Church Center app as well as our services for more details. I know God has a special word for each and every one of us, so please enjoy the rest of today's service. Well, good morning. Man alive, you guys look so good here in the house. So glad you guys are here. Those of you that are watching online, thanks for tuning in. You're watching us here in beautiful Grand Junction, Colorado. So thank you. Those of you on the other side of the country, our friends over in Tennessee, Kentucky, those of you that are in uh, North Carolina, those of you that are in Florida. We here in beautiful Colorado are 4,600 feet closer to heaven than you are. <laughs> Just want you to know that. Last week, we reminded some and others discovered that God has a forever family. And those of us who are in it are going to go on and live with Him forever. We will never perish. We told you that as a member of God's forever family, you will always find Him to be forgiving. Your Heavenly Father is always merciful. He forgives again and again and again. He's always patient. He's always aware of your circumstance. He knows what's going on with you because He's always attentive to you. He rescues us again and again because we get ourselves in trouble a lot. He's proves to us over and over again that in his family that we are never stuck. If a, you're in a situation in your life where your heart's been broken, if you feel like that uh, this is just what it is and it's not going to change and life for you is pretty much going to be uh, what it looks like now and you're not happy with it, uh, we proved last week in God's Word that he can get you unstuck. His children can always move on to the next chapter in their life. He always protects us again and again. He never takes back his gifts and callings <clears throat> that he's put on your life no matter what. And he reminds us that his favor lasts a lifetime for you, not just until your next big mess up. Now, have you ever heard somebody say, that's a pretty awesome person, but I wouldn't want to be on their bad side? Have you heard that? Uh-huh. Uh, God doesn't have a bad side. He does, however, have a very protective side when it comes to his family. Now, the Bible says that he's prepared a place for his forever family. That place is called heaven. And next week, I'm going to be talking to you about heaven. Matter of fact, I'm going to be talking to you about earthly retirement, what the Bible has to say about it. And then I'm going to talk to you about heaven next week. It's going to be good because some of us already have people in heaven. Some of us have grandparents in heaven. Some of us have a mom or a dad in heaven. I mean, it's really strange when you are left here on this planet without a parent. When both your parents are in heaven, my parents are in heaven, Anna's parents are in heaven, we, we realize we are the oldest members of our family now, the matriarch and the patriarch. How, how many of you do not have a parent here on this earth anymore? Would you raise your hand? Wow. And for many of us, we have siblings in heaven, or we have a close friend in heaven. And one of these days, we're going to see him again, and we're going to hug him. Or, wait a minute, 
Are we going to be able to hug him? I'll answer that next week. One of these days, we're going to see Jesus, but are you going to right away recognize Jesus? I mean, I've heard about him. I've read his stories. The only way that I know what he looks like are pictures and drawings that I've seen of Jesus, some blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy. Is, is that who I'm looking for in heaven? Is that what he's going to look like? How are we going to know him? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about all that next week. But until then, until we get there, our precious Heavenly Father wants us to live a wonderful, blessed life. So let's talk to him about it just for a minute. Father, um, I want to ask you for your help this morning. This is such an important topic. There are so many people that are confused about who you are to us and what you're like to us. And and uh, many people fear you in a way that they're not supposed to fear you. Many people look to you in a way where, uh, Father, uh, that's not how you describe yourself to us at all. It's not what the Holy Spirit revealed to us in your Word, and yet there's not a closeness, there's not a, the type of relationship that your kids have with you simply because we just don't get it. They've never heard it. They don't understand it. And today, Father, I feel like the Holy Spirit has given me the task to try to explain it, and it's a daunting task. And I'm just asking you to please help me today. Please help me to convey this important truth to your kids of what kind of father you are to us in this life that you want to be wonderful until you take us on to heaven. How are we supposed to relate to you? How are we supposed to see you? How are we supposed to respond to you? So, Father, please show us that today. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever heard somebody tell you that they tried God, they read the Bible, and it just didn't work for them? I mean, they went to church a couple of times. They may have flipped open to a psalm or a proverb. They may have read something out of the daily bread, and all of a sudden, they got it all figured out. They tried God. They prayed to Him once. They even gave a little money in an offering plate one time, but like a slot machine that didn't hit, nothing happened for them. And so as a result of that, they say they're going to go their own way. It just didn't work. There's nothing to it. That's ah, fine for you. Maybe mom and dad, maybe grandma. You know, she prayed a lot. Maybe that was the difference for her, but it, it just didn't work for me. Let me paint you a picture. Let's say right now in the middle of this service, we were interrupted with a wedding. A bride starts walking down the center aisle. In front of her are bridesmaids, a ring bearer, groom, and groomsmen are ushered in from the left side. I step forward. And right here in the middle of this service, we marry this groom to this bride. Little backstory: this is what she wanted her whole life. She wanted to be in a relationship with a man that she could do life with, that she could trust, that she could lean on, someone that she could build a future with that would maybe have a home, a, a yard, a picket fence, somebody she could laugh with, somebody she could have kids with, build a family with, somebody that would love her somebody she could love, someone they could grow old together, and she could talk to about anything and everything. Who would be her best friend? She desired that since she was a little girl, and now the day came. They walk down the aisle. They say the vows. Prayers prayed. They sign a paper, and as soon as she signs that paper, she goes out in the parking lot. She has her bags in the back of her pickup, and she goes to Texas. 
And she sets herself up a little apartment there. Meanwhile, he's here in Colorado. He builds a home, gets a good job, starts putting money in the bank. He uh, longs for her to be here, but she's in Texas living the same kind of life she lived before she signed the paper and he became her husband. She goes on to maybe text him from time to time. Oh, a couple of times a month she might talk to him on the phone. But pretty much she's living the same way she lived before she met him. Now on his side, he's here. He's keeping his promises. The dream's still very much on the table. He longs for her to do life with him. He longs for her to come back and set up a home and build a future and, and become that incredible best friend relationship and grow old together. But she's decided that even though the paper was signed, even though words were spoken, she was going to live somewhere else outside of his presence, never experiencing that which she thought she wanted. Now, two or three years later, she tells one of her friends, uh, you know, this marriage thing might have worked for you, but it didn't work for me. I think I'm going to go on and try something else because that trying God thing, well, it just didn't work. Well, you know, the God never, and by the way, that's the picture that I get when I see of somebody who says that they tried God, they read the Bible. Really? Did you really read the Bible? Did you get over in the book of Galatians, the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians, the book of Ephesians, where God is talking to his children about the kind of life he wants them to live? Did you read the Psalms where people poured out their heart to God and told God what they were going through? Did you read the Proverbs where, where wisdom was being shared on what kind of life that you should live? Did you get over in the book of Genesis? Did you see where God spared the human race in a family by the name of Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughter-in-laws? Did you see the mercy that God had and how his heart was broken when, when the Bible says all those people up until 1,650 years of time from Adam to Noah had only had evil in their mind, the Bible said continually, and how it broke the heart of God when he wiped out that entire a group of people and only spared those eight people that got on the ark. And later on, they, 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 uh, they began to multiply and more families were born. And then finally, God divided them up, put them in nations according to Acts, and then sent them out because, with different languages and, and blessed them. Did you read all that? Did you get in the book of First and Second Thessalonians and see God's promises for what life's going to be like after we leave here? And that he promised that you would never have to die if you know the Lord is your personal Savior. You'd have a home forever. Did you really read all that? Or did you just try God? You try sushi. <laughs> you don't try God. You decide, I like it, don't like it. I can't pick it up with these sticks, but you don't, you don't try God. God didn't say, try me. God said, love me. And God didn't say, love me a little bit. He said, not like a boyfriend. God said, I want you to love me with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. I want you to go on a journey with me that's going to end up in heaven. But before we get there, we're going to do a journey in life that's going to be an incredible adventure, one where I'm always there for you, one where I am loving you, one where I am forgiving you, one where I am protecting you, one where I am showing you mercy. When you mess up again and again and again, it's okay because there's no condemnation between me and you in this relationship. It's a perfect relationship. Did you really try that? And the answer, of course, would be no. The Bible tells us, and this is an interesting passage of Scripture, 
The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 16 and verse 9, on the side screen, I know the Lord is always with me, and I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. There was, a, there was a, a man over in Denver, a business owner, many, many years ago, and I was talking to him, and I, I said to him, I said, uh, I don't know, something came up, and I said, isn't, isn't it great, isn't it great that our, our Father God is just watching over us? And that's how I said it. I mean, something was said, and, and there's protection involved in it, and I said, woo! I said, isn't it great that, and I didn't know his background or anything, didn't know he's a Christian or not, I just, just bragging on God from something he told me, and I said, isn't it great that that our God watches over us, and, he, and his demeanor changed immediately. And he says, you know, he said, that's the part about God that I don't like. And I thought, you don't? Why, why don't you? And I asked him, I said, well, what's the problem with that? He said, you know, the whole God watching you. He's just watching you. Just waiting for you to mess up so he can just, so he can just get after you. God just watch. I don't like it about God. And I've come to find out he grew up in a Catholic school. He had some nuns that carried around, you know, big rulers and and they watched him, and every time he just saw smack. And that was his view of God, that God was like that. God was watching him, watching to make sure he messed up so he could punish him. Well, the Bible says this is not the relationship that the psalmist had with God. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. It's not that I'm shaken in the corner. I've got courage, and I've got confidence, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow my, your Holy One to rot in the grave. You're not going to let me die and stay dead, he's saying. You will show me the way of life, granting me, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Psalm 37 the psalmist said, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and that's all of us who just, our lives are about him. That's what it means. He delights in every detail of their lives. Isn't that something that the God of this universe could delight in every detail of your life? It, it reminds me of the picture of a father who has a toddler, and the toddler takes his first step, and, and the dad's like, wow, woo! Man, get the video camera out. Let me get a video of that. I'm going to send that to grandma. Can you do that again, son? Do it again. Because he's delighting in every little thing that you and I do. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. He reiterates the same thing in Psalms Chapter 30, verse 19, he said, he led me to a place of safety. He rescued me. Why? Because I got in trouble again. Because he delights in me. And then in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, this is such an interesting passage. The Bible says, and because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son, the Holy Spirit, into our hearts prompting us, not just inviting us, but prompting us into this kind of relationship to call the God of this universe, children, listen, brothers and sisters, listen, Abba, Father. Now you no longer are a slave, but you're God's own child. And since we, you are his child, God has made you his heir. In the Scripture, there are many different names that are given to describe God, and while all the names are important, the Scripture's like He's a healer, the Scripture's like He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful, 
He's a way maker. He knows everything there is to know. These are important titles and descriptions of our Heavenly Father, but probably the most important name that has ever been given to God is the name Abba. Abba Father. It's most significant to those of you that are His children because it gives us an understanding of how He wants you and I to relate to Him. The word Abba is Aramaic word that means father, but it's also a commonly used term that, that speaks of the intimate relationship of a father with a young child. It is a title that, is, that Jewish children would use many times when they talked about their own father, their own daddy, or their own papa. It was a term of endearment. It was a term that said, we are close, that I trust you, that there is no one that I love more than you. Abba, Father, is a term that the Holy Spirit doesn't invite us to. He prompts us to use when it comes to talking to the powerful God of this universe because we and only we who've trusted Jesus are his children and have the right to do so. Now, that's interesting. This term, Abba Father, is used three different times in the New Testament. It is used in Mark chapter 14 when Jesus addresses Abba the Father in, uh, the, in, when he's in the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane. It's used again in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 when, when the Holy Spirit refers to Abba Father and how he mentions Abba Father when it comes to the adoption of us going into God's families as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And then it's mentioned again in Galatians chapter 4 in this text when it comes to you and I called to call him Abba Father in our relationship with him through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we are his children. Now, many people claim that every person on this planet are children of God. But the Bible reveals quite a different truth. We are all his creation. We are all under his authority and his lordship. We will be standing in front of him, all of us, one of these days. But the right to call God Abba Father is something that only born-again Christians have to do. It is seen in John chapter 1. It's talked about again in John 3. It's mentioned in Romans chapter 8 and Galatians chapter 4 because Abba Father is part of that new relationship that is got with God and deals directly only with God's children. And it is a humbling relationship that you and I could call out to our Heavenly Father as Papa as daddy God. And when you and I don't see him as a father like that, then we don't live the kind of life, or this is most important, receive from him the instructions that he wants for us in order for us to live the kind of blessed life that he wants us to live. Heavenly Father gives us and tells us instructions as our daddy God on now that you know that I have a home for you, for you in heaven, now that you know that I delight in every detail of your life, my goal for you is to live a wonderfully child, daughter, blessed life until I give you this place in heaven. But, child of mine, if you want to live that blessed life, there are some things, I'm daddy, there, I know that you don't have to do 
that are going to fail. That you don't have to go down certain alleys to find out that there was no happiness at the end of that alley. There are certain things, child, that if you have in your life, it's going to be a good thing. But there are also certain things that if you have in your life, it's going to implode the marriage relationship. It's going to implode the respect from your children to parents. It is going to mess up friendships and family uh, relationships that you have in the room. So, child, I love you. I delight in you. I'm not going to smack you on the back of the hand with a ruler. I'm going to pull you in close. I'm going to help you. I'm going to delight in everything that you do. And when you mess up, child, you are. By the way, you are now. When you do, hold your hands out to me. Come back to me. I got you. I got you. So here are the three instructions that I want you to help me with. First of all, I'm going to give you the option of which one I teach first, all right? So in the count of three, we'll just holler one out. But here are your options. Here are your options. Run from it, get rid of it, or cling to it, right? So there's the three. I'll teach on whichever one I hear you say out loud in the count of three. Here's your choices again. I want you to pick one. Run from it get rid of it, or cling to it. That will be my first point. On the count of three, just holler one of those out. Ready? One, two, three. All right. I heard get rid of it. Because that was first in my notes, and that's something you got to get rid of. Child, get rid of pride. Get rid of pride. The year was 1964, Milton Bradley came out with a sophisticated new toy. It was a high-tech instrument of entertainment for children. And if you were born before in the 50s, you remember this toy. It, we didn't have personal computers. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have Game Boy. We didn't have Atari. We didn't even have Pong. But you know what we had? We had Time Bomb. Oh, yeah, Time Bomb. There it is. I had two brothers and we had time bomb in the house. One of us got it for Christmas. You took that little plastic ball and you would wind up that little red cap. The little fake plastic fuse would get lost within the first day. But you would wind it up. It would begin to tick. Now everybody in the room was playing whether they wanted to play or not. Mom, dad, go, ah, son, no, no, don't throw that over here. To, if it didn't make any difference, pitch it over in mom's lap. It didn't make any difference what she was doing. Now a time bomb is ticking in her lap, and she would throw it across the room as quickly as she could. One of my other brothers would get it. He'd throw it to another brother. We'd throw it to dad. Dad's like, I'm not playing. And he'd leave it sitting there. Boom, the time bomb would go off. He didn't know he was playing, but the time bomb just took him out of the game. Wind it back up. You throw it to another person. Tick, 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 tick. And the object of that game, you get rid of that as quickly as you possibly can. Because if you're hanging on to that time bomb and that time bomb goes off, and oh, by the way, the time bomb's going off. It will take you out. Your father says to you, you're holding on to a time bomb. That time bomb is called pride. And you as my child, if you have pride, if you hold on to it for any period of time, it will bring 
destruction to your life. He says this in Proverbs chapter 16. These are familiar passages. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. The word haughtiness means the appearance of being arrogant or superior. Just the appearance of of being prideful. He goes on to say, having a revealing, uh, uh, or arrogance means having a revealing, an exaggerated sense of one's own importance and abilities. Proverbs 27, 2 says, let someone else praise you. Everybody, not your own mouth. Everybody read that one. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger. But come on, not your own lips. CEV, Contemporary English Version, puts it this way. Don't brag on yourself. Your heavenly father saying, child, uh, 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 who couldn't do anything without me as your God putting breath in your lungs and keeping your heart beating in your chest and giving you a brain in which you can think and a job in which somebody else sleeping underneath a bridge would be better at doing than you are. Don't brag on yourself. It will bring destruction to you. Because what does it do? It takes credit and glory away from your heavenly father. Who gave you that ability? Who gave you those looks? Who gave you that car? Who gave you that job? Who gave you favor with those friends? Who gave you that woman who you married that is way over your head? Could have married somebody better. Don't brag about yourself. Now, all of us have been guilty of this. I confess to you that I have been guilty. I have been guilty of bragging about my own golf game. <laughs> but to my defense, I can't get any of my friends to brag on my golf game. <laughs> and to their defense, my golf game is not worth. Yeah, I'll finish it. I'll finish it myself. Brag it about. <laughs> I am. I'm lightening this thing up just a little bit, but the, the bottom line says this is a very destructive thing in the lives of God's children. He does not, he hates pride in the life of his kids because he knows us and we know us, so we don't need to be faking it or trying to give, take credit or glory for something that we do not deserve. It's got to go to him. So since this is such a destructive thing, what do we do about it? We ask the Father to reveal to us, and, and I'm going to have to stop here in a little bit. I'm not going to get all the way through this, but this is such an important point. If you're going to live the kind of life that God wants you to live, if your marriage is going to be good, your friends are going to be good, your church life is going to be good, your job is going to be good, and if you want to hang on to it and not see it, boom, all end in your lap, you got to get rid of pride. So Everybody struggles with this. Kids come into this world prideful. Every child, they, you didn't have to teach them that this whole planet was about them. They know all everybody's about them. They know it. But the Bible says it's destructive. The Bible says, and here's what we do. Here's a couple of helpful things. First of all, ask the Father to reveal it to you. Father, is there any area in my life where I'm, I'm just being prideful and I'm not... I'm not passing that credit on to you. Please, please reveal that to me. Serve others. Man, guys, this is a great way for us to be able to deal with our pride. So we don't feel like we're too important to serve in the children's ministry. Work on the parking lot. Come up here and open a door for somebody. 
Serve others. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Here's another one. Don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. Keep yourself around children. Serve in the children's ministry. Listen, children have a way of humbling people. They will say things to you that nobody else will say to you. They will notice things about you and just blurt it right out to you. You're not that big of a big shot when it comes to a child. You serve children, serve around children, get around children. Get around children and laugh with children. When Rachel, our 17-year-old granddaughter, was just a toddler, she came over to the house and we gave her a little sticker book and stickers. You see that sticker book behind her on the sofa? That wasn't good enough to put her sticker. She saw a big old balloon-looking redhead and tried to stick it on there. Children will humble you. Yeah, I'm nobody to her. I'm pop-pop. I'll be a pop-pop to her. Don't take yourself so seriously. Don't, don't do that. And make sure you stay around people that are close to you, that are honest with you. Make sure the people that are around you are honest with you. And they don't always tell you what you think you need to hear, but they tell you the truth. I love this story in John Ortberg's book. He tells the story of a CEO of a Fortune 500 company who pulled into a service station to get gas. And in this convenience store service station, he got out to go inside and get some coffee. His wife was with him. When he came back outside, he noticed that his wife was in a deep discussion with the gas station employee. Turns out she knew him, and he knew her. They went to high school together. Matter of fact, back before she met her husband, she dated this guy for a period of time. Well, when her husband and her got back in the car, they drove down the street in silence, and uh, after a bit of silence, uh, he was feeling pretty good about himself. And he said, I bet I know what you're thinking. And she said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, I bet you're glad you married me, a Fortune 500 CEO, and not him, an employee at a convenience store gas station. And she said, no, matter of fact, I was thinking that if I buried him, he'd be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, <laughs> and you'd be an employee at a service station. <laughs> Child of God, pride will take you out. Now, I've got a lot more message. Matter of fact, I was going to talk to you about something you've got you to let go of certain things. I was going to talk to you about something you've got to run from. I was going to talk to you a little bit about something you've got to cling on to. But I'm going to try to pick a little bit of that up next week right before I talk to you about heaven. But this is what I want you to see. I asked the best friend that I've ever had to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior when I was 12. I've grown over the years to realize that I can talk to him about anything. I can go to my Heavenly Father in the middle of the night. I can talk to him in a hospital waiting room. I can talk to him in the cab of my car. I've learned that my Father is forgiving and loving, and that when I make mistakes, and I do, and when I mess up, and I do, that he doesn't rip gifts and callings out of my life. I have learned that my Heavenly Father promised me and has put on me his favor that doesn't just last till I'm 40 or 50 or 60. It doesn't stop if there's a health issue or a problem in my life. It, it goes on to last until the very last breath that I take on this planet.
I've learned that he's a loving God. And then when I mess up, I can run back to him with my arms out and say, I messed up again. And he embraces me and says, all right, we'll get through it. We're okay. I've learned with him that if I get stuck, I come to an impasse when something seems impossible. That he is right beside me. And he's not watching me. He's watching out for me. I know that he goes ahead of me and he prepares a way. He makes my dreams come true, even though it's scary. I know that he blesses me with a great marriage, great friends, puts us all together in a wonderful church. I know that he's not mean. He's not hateful. He's not mad at me. He's my daddy God. And he delights in you as his child. I know you've known him as a lot of things. But the Holy Spirit invites you, prompts you to know him as Papa, his daddy, his father. So that when he instructs you, or he coaches you, because you can go on, make your own decision. He's doing so that you might live the greatest blessed life you could possibly live until you get to heaven. I love you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.